Now we continue the last segment of this subject to Christ the Lamb of God. So we have studied considerable amount of scripture in the Gospels regarding Jesus Christ six days upon the earth and the following days out until the 18th and so far. And the picture that you can get from that man that he was an unbelievably noble and gentle and loving man and he set the example we should follow his example and we don't need to be crucified like he was crucified he was crucified once and for all for all of us so that we could live and enjoy the life then when you continue into the epistles in the New Testament especially Paul's epistles all the ethics and moral that you can learn from there absolutely goes together with what you can learn in the Gospels. There's no discrepancy. That is the example that you want to follow. And uh, that is what the people in the church need to know. Otherwise they, they don't treat each other all right. I mean, these things are kind of a things that you need to work at them and develop them all the time then they grow and get better. And if you stop developing them, they collapse. Then you lose. You lose what you have had. It is possible for you to lose that. You need to work at it all the time. And you decide how much time you can put in it, but just, just make sure that you learn all the time more and more. And the more learning doesn't necessarily mean that you learn all the time new things, even I have to admit that happens all the time to me still. I learn all the time new things that I never couldn't even imagine that they are. But then there are also a lot of things that you already know how they are, but they just get more clearer and your understanding just uh, grows and you can connect things quicker together. You understand why is this and why is that and why people behave themselves like they behave, how you can behave with them without making fuss out of it and making difficulties and so forth. Just the mind of Christ, how to be with people that you can help them and that you can love them. And then, like we start now to work out receiving the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, we don't have to do it alone. God has given the Spirit to us through which we have the power to do anything He asks us to do. And then there is nothing that we can do that is good. So, let's go to my notes on page 24. Receiving the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. I wrote here instructions. When we read these records, pay attention to the following things. Number one, what did the believers do when they received the Holy Spirit? Did they speak in tongues? Did they prophesy? Number two, how much water was there to be baptized in? Number three, in what element they were baptized? Number four, did the believers fall down slain by the Spirit? <laughs> so these are just guideposts that you can direct. You can direct your thinking to answer these questions. And right now we just read through them and not necessarily every verse even. You can do it later. And when you work these things, just consider them in that light and that's easier for you to teach it to others. That's my point in here. So we go to Book of Acts and Elizabeth, can you read 
first chapter all the way through, cover to cover. <coughs> the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about one hundred and twenty. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry, now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch that the field is called in their proper tongue, Akeldama, and that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishop prick let another take. Wherefore of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection? And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, O Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, Show us whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, 
and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Yes, so first of all, in the beginning of the chapter, there are mentioned the apostles that he had chosen. When we come to verse 13, all they at that time about together were mentioned. So at that time Judas had gone, and therefore pretty soon after that, Peter rose up and said, okay, Judas is gone, we need to replace him. And then they chose Matthias, and it looks like when you read the history that the one that God had chosen in place of Judas was Paulus, Paul. Okay, we can continue into the receiving of the Holy Spirit the first time on Pentecost in chapter 2. Can you read the first 12 verses? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya, about Cyrene, and the strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed, and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Yes, that's what they said about them. Anyway, so, in verse 2, it is, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. So they breathed like Jesus Christ had told them to breathe. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared under them cloven tongues like as a fire. That was the phenomenon. Just for those people that were there, probably that was the sign for them to start breathing, and then they started to speak in tongues. So what they did, they spoke in tongues, different tongues, and then it's proven in here that other people could understand what they said. They themselves didn't understand what they said, but other people did. And that is one of the manifestations, or one of the prophets of the manifestation of the Spirit of God. To speak in tongues, and that is prayer and spirit. And then in verse 14 it says, But Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. So he very boldly started to preach and speak, because he was not afraid anymore. He had received the Holy Spirit, that had changed him. Now he was able to function. And you can read later what happens in chapter 2, and we're going to jump into chapter 8. So in chapter 8 verse 1 it says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. That's the death of Stephanus. And at this time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad 
throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Yes, they fled away, but they didn't flee away in confusion. They systematically had chosen. They spread not many into the same city. I mean, they just spread all over the place because they wanted to hold forth the word. In verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. And there was a great joy in that city. There was great joy. So he went preaching and he went and did these great things. But one thing he didn't know how to do was to help them to receive the Holy Spirit the same way as they had received on the day of Pentecost, because there had been this Simon the sorcerer who had bewitched them to the point that the devil spirits in these people stopped them to speak in tongues. So he didn't know what to do in there. Therefore, when verse 14, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. See, not in the Trinity, but in, in the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on the one of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered the money. So he saw something, he saw the manifestation. It's not mentioned in here, but must have been speaking in tongues, and perhaps prophecy also. But what happened is that this Peter and John knew what to do. They laid their hands, they ministered to these people, they cast out the devil spirits that were stopping them. And then they spoke in tongues freely. When I understood this first time, I have done it many, many, many times after, if the people really wanted to speak in tongues, but they could not, there was something blocking them. It doesn't really matter what it is. You just cast it out. When you recognize it, you can ask them, okay, how do you feel? Okay, something that either causes fear or stops them to act, moving their mouth. Try to identify it clear enough, then you just command it out in the name of Jesus Christ. You ask God what it is, he will show you. And when you do that, they speak in tongues freely. And then, that was chapter 8, we read chapter 9. Elizabeth, can you read chapter 9, verses 1 through 20? And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. 
And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man, how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. When he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Okay, so in verse 18 it says, And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. It doesn't say in what element, but we know in First uh, Corinthians 14, 18 it says, I speak in tongues more than you all. And he thought about speaking tongues, that's very important. He must have spoken in tongues at that time. And you know, he didn't fall. He fell earlier when Jesus Christ confronted him. But now when he received the Spirit, he didn't fall. And then another thing is also, Jesus Christ spoke personally to both of them, Paul and Ananias. So if he could do that at that time, he can do it any time. So if you have something pertinent to discuss, when you get a command, do this, then you can ask, Lord, what do you mean? And he will explain, if need be. So, very powerful story. Then we go to Acts 10, and that is about Cornelius. He was a Roman centurion, and he called for Peter. Angel came to show him, you better call Peter here, and then he sent to pick up Peter, and God showed Peter that Gentiles are alright also, but they, they will also get the Spirit, just go there and preach them. There's nothing wrong with them. And he went there and preached them about Jesus' resurrection, and then in verse 44 it says, While Peter yet spake these things, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then it continues, and in chapter 11, his explanation about that, how Peter had to explain it to the brothers, because it was forbidden for Jew to go to the household of a Gentile at that time. He had to explain to them that God has accepted them as us, so there's nothing wrong with them. And then we go to chapter 18, and at the end of the chapter 18 there is talk about Apollos, who had started the work in Ephesus, but did not know these last things. Actually, that is good to read. Can you read chapter 18, verses 24 through 28? And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. So he knew only the baptism of John, that was water baptism. And then Aquila Priscilla taught him more, the things that we, we know. And we can continue in chapter 19, verse 12, verses 10. 19, 1 to 12. Yes. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be an Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. So the reason they were baptized in John's baptism because Apollos had done that. And when Paul asked them, Have you heard about the Holy Ghost? Well, God is holy and God is ghost. And they have known that. God is holy and God is spirit. They had known that. But he didn't mean that kind of a Holy Ghost, which is good. He meant that kind of a Holy Ghost that, that can be received and that comes into you. They had not heard anything of this. So, it continues. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Again, now what was the element that they were baptized in? In the name of Lord Jesus. And that happens spiritually. Doesn't need any water. Continue. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when diverse were hardened, and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia 
heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick, handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So when the community believing grows up, you can do anything. You can take underclothes from your body and bring it to people and they get healed. How much healing is there in my undershirt? <laughs> I mean, that's what people believe and they receive then. So in all these records, we almost in all these records, we see that the first thing that they did, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So pedagogically, or in order to teach things in a certain order, it seems to be the biblical order that you first teach people to speak in tongues and to prophesy. And then the other manifestations come, or the other prophets of the manifestation come later. But as we have heard, there are situations where people have healed people before they even know about speaking in tongues and things. So what? But this is what, what they did in the Bible, so if we have the time to do so, we just teach people these things. So these things need to be taught. These places have to be explained and shown to the people. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, which is the only place in the whole Bible where it's really expediently explained, very clearly explained what the Holy Spirit is and how it works. So these things have to be worked again and again and again and again. And I really suggest that these records that we just read, that you work these, and First Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, that you could be able to lead anybody in tongues as soon as they like it. In the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, somebody says, please teach me how to speak in tongues, then you can do it, out of memory, without Bible. That's what I mean. Work like that, that you'll be ready to give that further anytime somebody wants to have it. So the last record we're going to read is in 1st Corinthians, 1st Corinthians chapter 1, Elizabeth will you read verses 10 through 17. Now I beseech you brethren by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus, besides I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Thank you. So, verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be cross of Christ is the death of Christ, lest the death of Christ should be made of none effect. So whatever he was doing led people to become believers. They got the Spirit and he was teaching them how to walk by the Spirit. So definitely the people were baptized, but Paul wasn't baptizing them. He didn't have to do that. Jesus Christ asked that. When you speak in tongues, then you are baptized in the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
and you don't need any ceremony for that. And you don't need any water for that. So these outside ceremonies, so many Christians are so absolutely bound to them. If you are not baptized with water, then you are nothing. And then if when you're baptized with the water, then time goes and you start feeling very sinful again. Then you need to go be baptized again. What sense that is? Okay, perhaps that washing, baptizing is washing. So you can wash dirt out of the body, yes, fine. Water can do that, but the saints don't go by water. You need the Holy Spirit for that. All right, so now we are done. God bless you.